Hey, everybody. Welcome back to me, Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. We are part of the Ringer Podcast Network. And once again, thanks, everybody, for listening to this podcast, sharing with your friends, telling everybody about it. I get so many great tweets from people. The, the funnest ones are, Larry, I didn't know you were out there. Thank God. I'm like, thanks, man. You know, so spread the word that Black on the Air is out there and we're having fun conversations here. Today, we have a really uh, cool conversation with Bill Maher. I think you're going to enjoy it. Bill's really been, in, uh, I wouldn't say attacking the left, but he's been poking holes in some of the, the bubble that exists on the left. Because, you know, we definitely have plenty of people poking holes on the right. And he's one of the few people on the left that pokes holes at the left, even though he's on the left. So it's kind of interesting. We have a conversation about free speech and some of that stuff and uh, some topics he's interested in. So Bill Maher's coming up. Always an interesting talk with Bill Maher. Anytime you talk to him, it's going to be interesting. So I look forward to sharing that with you. And last week, uh, we, had, <laughs> we had some fun with with Trump, who, of course, I've dubbed the Orange Julius Caesar, Mango Mussolini. And uh, <laughs> I was just thinking of, let's, and oh, and then I came up with one, the Pulpy Pol Pot, I thought might be good. And I encourage you to come up with your own. Some people sent some in. I thought they were pretty funny. We got a lot of people... I think I threw out Genghis Khan as a as a good starting point, but you know you you could go with anyone. You know, in fact, Mango Mouse A Tongue is not too bad. Now that I think of it, if you're gonna re if you want to reuse your fruit, you could go with Mango Mouse A Tongue. That's not too bad. Just thinking of dictators, but threw Genghis Khan out there. We had a lot of people with Genghis Khan Man, which I thought was very clever. Although there's no fruit involved, and there's there's a clever word there, but I wish there were a fruit or something like that. Oh, we had this was kind of interesting. At SK Lover, <laughs> I guess is the name, Joe Sklover, is that your name? Gangrene Genghis Khan. Oh, very interesting. I'm not sure what that means, but um, I like how it sounds. <laughs> the gangrene Genghis Khan. That might be my favorite, I think, in some ways, just because it's weird. You know, I think it's it has a weirdness that's deserving of giving it to Trump. You know, kind of a, kind of a, I don't know, a creepiness or something like that. Comb over Khan, at Meat Opinion, Comb over Khan. That's kind of clever. This one made me laugh. At Jive Cracker. First of all, the name makes me laugh. Who's at Jive Cracker? That's a hilarious name. Just taking two uh, two names, two uh, words from the 70s, I think, put it together for a handle. Very good, at Jive Cracker. Uh, at Jive Cracker gave us Greedy Amin. Like Edie Amin, Greedy Amin. Not bad. Not bad. I like the the rhyming of it. Is pretty good, you know. And then at Tom Rainey, WWE gave us Tangus Khan. Now that's not bad, because I think of Tang, I think of Orange Tang, the drink that the astronauts drink. Right? Tangus Khan is that actually may be the one. So at Tom Rainey, WWE, you have gotten the orange in there with a nice little reference to Tang, Tangus Khan. You rhymed it, which is good, and it's very compact. Here's what I like about it: I like the compactness of it. There's no extra words in there. It's very, it's a very elegant one. So bravo to you. I have declared you the winner. There are a lot of other ones out there that were very good too. I say don't stop, guys. Let's move on from Genghis Khan. I say pick your own dictator, pick your own fruit, pick your own play on words, and let's try to have some fun with this. This whole Korea thing is ridiculous. I think I'll talk more about that uh, on the next podcast. Today, though, I've gotten a lot of texts about 
HBO is doing a show called Confederate. I think it's being produced by the guys who do Game of Thrones. And part of the premise is, what if the South had won the uh, Civil War and playing that out? And black people weren't too happy with this <laughs> announcement. There were a lot of, well, I shouldn't say just black people. A lot of people weren't happy with it, but especially black people who felt that premise is a bit disingenuous. So there have been, like, protests against it and that kind of stuff. And I'm not cleanly on one side on this. I have more of a layered opinion on it. But there was a really good article in The Atlantic from uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, you know, very talented writer, Between the World and Me, I believe is the name of his book. Uh, I think it's a published a prize winner. And uh, he wrote an interesting article about uh, reparations for The Atlantic, uh, I think a couple of years ago. It was like the longest call for reparations that I've ever read. It was so long. It's like, brother, all you needed was one line was, yes, we should have them. I mean, really, we can talk about reparations. But anyhow, he's uh, he's one of the intellectuals out there. It was very interesting. And he made an interesting uh, case against it. And I thought the line that stuck out was, part of this is being presented as science fiction. And he said, African-Americans do not need science fiction or really any fiction to tell them that this history is still with us. Which I would agree with that, but I don't think Confederate and shows like this are made for black people. I think they're made for white people, um, is my opinion on that. I think a lot of these, I, I think there is a lot of disconnection with slavery and white people and its effect on black people and why we react to these things in the way we do in this country. I think because it's very close to home, you know. And I think a lot of people are under the opinion that when slavery went away, that everything was cool. Because people say, slavery ended years ago. Why don't you get over it? But it wasn't like slavery ended and white people were like, all right, niggas, we're good now, right? You and I are good, right? You, that whole slavery thing, that was, you know, we, yeah, you know, it's over now, so we're good, right? No, 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 that did not happen. In fact, we know that slavery wasn't just an institution. It, In many ways, it was a manifestation of the belief that blacks were subhuman and there was nothing wrong with enslaving them and treating them in the subhuman way that they're regarded. And that opinion that they were subhuman didn't just go away with that institution being broken up. You know, it manifested itself in many ways, Jim Crow being one of them. Immediately after slavery, we had the birth of the Ku Klux Klan, not an accident. The most dangerous thing to white people at that time was a free black man who was now able to educate himself. Ku Klux Klan had to make sure that shit wasn't going to get out of hand. And then the government, of course, was complicit with Plessy versus Ferguson and the start of Jim Crow. You know, people forget how horrible lynching was in this country, and it went virtually unchecked. Um, if you read things like, um, I worked for Whoopi Goldberg once, and she gave me this thing, I think it was called the Negro Yearbook. It was, like, written in 1913. And some of these books, they're interesting time capsules because you look in them, and you see what people were thinking at that time, you know, what was going on in the world. And this was from a black point of view. But at that time, we were called Negroes. We hadn't gotten to black yet. Because black people, you know, we change our names more than porn stars. You know, we've been like colored, <laughs> Negro, African-American, Afro-American, named after hairstyle. But anyhow, in the book, it was fascinating. It recorded the number of lynchings that happened that year. And it took my breath away because it was kind of just a cold fact in the book. Like, in other words, lynchings were just part of what was going on back then. It wasn't like the book led with lynchings. 
and said, hey, motherfuckers, listen, black people, there's some bad shit going on that everybody needs to know about. No, no, this was like near the back of the book. Like, oh, by the way, in case you're curious, <laughs> in case anyone's playing the home version of this, uh, here are the number of lynchings last year. And it was it was really fascinating that that's something that people lived with all the time. It was all around them. And that attitude was all around them. And uh, so this notion that if the South had won is black people can't understand because from our point of view, it's like, how did the South lose? Yeah, the Civil War, <laughs> fine. But in the war with black people, the South, I don't think, lost. So having said that, so that's my opinion about that area of it. But then there's an artistic point of view in this also which is interesting. It's very hard to criticize something that hasn't been done yet. We don't know what that is. And as an artist, I'm very reluctant to stop somebody from doing something artistic because I think it's going to be bad. I can't just take a stand against something when I don't even know what it is. I do agree with the argument about, well, how can you criticize it when you don't know what it is yet? And who gets to say what art can be done and can't be done? I believe that's a very dangerous argument. Are we going to get in the position of saying an artist can't do something? I mean, that's kind of the whole point of art is to go in those areas that people don't like to go into, to be provocative in areas where people don't do that. That's why we have artists, because, yes, you're right. Normal people wouldn't do that. Don't do that. Yes, I know you wouldn't do that. That's why I'm an artist. That's why I'm doing it. So I get the the artist argument for this. I, I would never, from my point of view, I, I can't get on the train of protesting something that hasn't been done and, and an artist that wants to interpret something in a certain way that could be provocative. could be very interesting. And it could be bad, too. I have no idea. So I think this is a very interesting thing and it's something to, to keep our eye on. But I definitely feel that the argument that black people don't need this is correct. But you must understand, shows like this aren't made for black people. It's really made for the rest of the world. So anyhow, that's my take on it. All right. That's all I got this week. Keep those names coming. Don't have a lot, but we do have a real good conversation with uh, Mr. Bill Maher, and I think you guys will enjoy that. But first, how about a little word? All right, I'm back here with one of my favorite people in the comedy world. He is a legend in comedy, ladies and gentlemen. I call him the father of modern political talk. I said this. He did not want to hear it. He protested so hard. Larry, don't say that. Don't say that. Wait, what did you say again? <laughs> but the mother, father. Uh, I just never want to be called a father. Yes, okay, exactly. Okay, that's how I spent my Mr. life. Mr. Bill Maher, ladies <laughs> Thank and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Oh, Mr. please, Bill everybody. Yes. Listen to the applause. That but, was me applauding. I mean, I, make, I'm, I, I joke about that, but I do consider you the person who started this late night talking about politics with comedy, this entertaining format. Uh, did you ever, when you started in comedy, did you ever see yourself as, as a political comic? Did you start that way? Well, I certainly was always thinking that way because my father was a newsman. Mm -hmm. so was he a news editor? He, later in his career, when mm -hmm. I was a little kid, uh, he was on air. Uh, this right. was These were the days when every radio station had news at the top of the hour. Right, right. So That's right. Yeah. we could hear my father, you know, ripping it off the right end. Yeah, top stories at this hour. That's right, you know? yeah. And, you can't uh, find that on the radio anymore. No. You can't news find news. Or anywhere. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, the, well, one of the reasons why the country yeah. is in shambles is because people don't read anymore. Yeah. If someone doesn't send it to you on your Facebook page right. or your phone, yeah. Uh, 
it doesn't exist. And of course, what do they send to each other on that? Just stuff they already yeah. agree with. I mean, so there's right. no learning. <laughs> yes. Um, but that was how I grew up, was mm-hmm. in a household where they talked politics, my yeah. mother and my father. Did they discuss were, it a lot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they certainly didn't shy from it. It right. was around, and I was. it made me interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my father made sure that I... <laughs> Had his politics, you right. know. What was Before his I politics? Really, well, Did liberal Democrat. Uh-huh. You know, he was an he was a Irish Catholic, right? Uh, Democrat in the era when all the Irish, yes. of course, were right. Democrat. Kennedy. It was a yeah. Kennedy was a huge thing. Sure. I mean, that was like Obama for the yeah. Irish. You know, Absolutely. it really was. Yeah. Did you have that picture of Kennedy in your house? <laughs> we didn't have a picture of him in our house, but yeah. boy. If you said a bad word about the Kennedys in our right. house, that was not going to yeah. fly with my wow. father. Yeah. They were, yeah, they. Uh, it was a big thing, you know, which sure. to have to elect a Catholic. Absolutely, people forget back in 1960 that yeah. was. People that forget was... how prejudiced white people actually can get. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and and also how much and they like, sectioned off their prejudice. <clears throat> absolutely, with other white and also people, how yes. Uh, yes, I mean there were Jewish department Completely. stores, right. I learned yes. on Mad Men. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> right, yeah. you know? Exactly. A, a Jew? How do you? How would people even know who, was, know who were the Jews? It's funny, because as a kid, I'm like, how come white people are hating other white people? I right. mean, I get it. When no, no, I mean, us. my yeah. God, in the South, even yeah. today, I think, to a degree, the, the real rednecks hate Catholics. Yeah. Papists were were considered yeah. almost as bad as the other 9,000 groups they hate. And yeah. whenever I... Play the Midwest anywhere within 300 sure. miles of Kansas. Yeah, uh, I am protested by the Westboro Baptist Church. You know <laughs> who course. they are, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the, honorable the, to be protested. Yes, by them, the yeah. the, <laughs> the yeah. God hate. For those of you who don't know their official name, they're the people who hold, hold up the God hates fag right. signs. Exactly. Uh, and uh, they come and they have their signs. God hates fags. Always next to one that says God hates Bill Maher. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then they they'll Wait, take and then they'll the, take selfies with yes, the, if you. If that's know. a mathematical equation, that would yeah. be, Bill Maher is a. <laughs> well, I think God hates a lot of people because <laughs> right. he's God. Of course, he's yes, a hater. Of course, that's part uh, of his job. But he they, and he hates. <laughs> so, uh, but they're the type. Where, and I mm-hmm. remember once uh, they gave out a flyer. I still have it somewhere. And it's just so funny. It's. <laughs> They photoshopped a picture of me. It was a it was a promotional picture from Religious, uh-huh. where I'm wearing these giant hands and pretending to be praying. Uh-huh. And they photoshopped that under a picture of Obama. See, I'm praying to Obama, <laughs> who has the devil horns. They put the devil oh, horns on him because he wow. is the seed of Satan. Yes, and I am worshiping him. And and in right. the the literature, I use the word loosely, that's describing me. Uh, they're talking a lot about how I am the son of a papist yeah. father and a Jew yeah. Christ killing mother. Jesus Christ! Yes, they're <laughs> and uh, they hate Catholics too down yeah. there. So uh, it's yeah, there's a lot of hate to go around, Larry. There is, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking of Al Smith's candidacy. Yes, uh, in 1928. Yeah, and the fact that he was Catholic and right. Irish and. You know, was hate. I mean, he had a really hard time. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Hoover didn't even have to campaign in that election. Right. I don't think yeah. kids today know the term wasp. Yeah. But yeah. you know, waspy, sure, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Right. That's what this country was. Yeah. And probably is still probably over fifty percent. And the Kennedys acted waspy. I mean, that was their thing. They yeah. were pretty much they were Irish yeah. that were Rich. you could accept as waspy. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is uh, interesting. How how did the idea of uh, politically incorrect come about? You <clears throat> you started doing more political humor in your act, and because well, well, let me ask you this: Did you see yourself as going down that Carson route of having that type of of talk show? Well, Carson certainly was my hero, right? More than anyone else <clears throat> when I was a kid. You know, when when back when we were young, we didn't look up to like people of our own age, like yeah. to, like I think they do today. <laughs> yes. I, we looked up to. I was like, I want to be like a man. Yeah. I want to be like James Bond or yeah. Johnny Carson, right? You know, who were in their forties or fifties. You yeah. know. Drank so brown liquor, yeah, <laughs> and smoked. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I wanted to be Johnny Carson. That's definitely what I was dreaming about when mm-hmm. I was you know ten years old. Yeah. Um, now it morphed over the years after I got more into the politics. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, you know what? I don't really want to be interviewing a sitcom star, yeah. five nights a week and making small talk right. with girls in short dresses. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's, that's for after not, the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who wants exactly. to do that during the show? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I wanted something like him but it did it did change but certainly mm-hmm. when i was young and when i first started doing stand-up i was trying to do political humor but the audience for very good time at your beginnings it seemed like right? the audience it's very hard for the audience to accept a 23 year old who yeah. looks like he doesn't even shave yeah they're like go having fuck like, yourself, yeah have you life, just don't right? have gravitas to pull <laughs> yeah, it off that's true that's true so it had to come over time and back in those days um I think you you were like late seventies, early eighties in terms of developing your act and that kind of stuff. And well, my first I got out of college in seventy eight. My mm-hmm. first year in stand up was seventy nine, right? And that was the kind of the the boom, you yeah, know, was starting was. of the comedy clubs all over Absolutely. the country. Yeah, you know, even mid sized cities had yeah. two clubs you could play everywhere. Yeah, and you didn't have to be good. Yeah, because they just needed bodies. And if you were from L A., you could headline anywhere. Oh, you're from Los Angeles? Is that oh, right? You're the headliner. Mm-hmm. No, we were East Coast. We yeah. we took the train to gigs. Yes, that's right. It's a, it a different culture because we had to be flown Absolutely. out to gigs from here and that sort of thing. But no, uh, we we got it was Amtrak. Yeah, the Amtrak was key to my formative right. years. Were you did, play. Did, did you do a lot of the club circuit or were you more of a in town club comic? Like did you do most of your I took any job that paid. Yeah. See for the, any yeah. uh, I I worked on the floor of a bar yeah. with sawdust under my feet for thirty dollars. There's actually a very blue collar <laughs> aspect to stand up comedy, yeah. isn't there? Well yeah. you it you have to start at a very painful place. Sometimes yeah. people ask uh, isn't stand up hard or and I'm like, well, not for the last thirty years it hasn't been. Right. <laughs> right. But the course, first yeah. three yeah. are horrible because first of all, you stink. You you're right. you have to uh make this transition from, gee, I'm very funny with my friends. <laughs> they all think I'm great. How right. difficult could it be to to translate that to a room full of strangers? Well, it turns out very difficult. Yes. And mm-hmm. so unlike some other job where you can learn it without being laughed at, you are being humiliated as you are learning this new skill. It's hard just to keep your head afloat. I mean, I was very depressing. You have no money. You have no status. You don't know how your life's going to turn out. All the pain is in the first few years. Yeah, you're truly at the at the start at the bottom. A lot of people don't realize. Like when I see people say they want to be a stand up and they're working like several other jobs, I'm like, well, you're gonna have to quit those jobs. Otherwise, you really (laughs) don't want to be it because it's a total commitment of 
Yes. Writing jokes every day, going up to those open mic nights, you know, for us. Yeah, like, you have to be out late. You, exactly. It's hard to have a day job. Hard to have family, yeah. all those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Difficult. But, of course, yeah. you have to have a way to su- support yourself. Then that's where comics being such great finaglers come, yeah. comes in. <laughs> yeah. You know, that when I started, I was a pot dealer. Right. You know. And I was curious, how does everybody, how do these guys, they don't seem to have day jobs. And, you know, one of them played poker. That's how he supported himself. Yeah. One of them, Mark Schiff, I never forget telling me, uh, I find money when I need it. I find money? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very suspicious yeah, to me. Yeah. Wow, that is quite yeah, a scam. People's houses just seem yeah. to be open. I don't know. <laughs> what that meant. Just find money. I find money yeah, when I need it. That's an active verb, not a passive one, yeah. <laughs> Well, he doesn't find him. So anyhow, um, thank God you did become very successful. You know, have you, I actually remember seeing a Today Show uh, Today that you show. run in the 80s where they were featuring young comics. And yes. you were one of them. Brian Gumbel came yes. to my apartment in that. West Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that it's, was a very long time ago. Isn't it funny how many times in your career you feel like you're that far away from, from being the big time? But it's really the... The adding up of all those things. Because I'm sure you're thinking, well, Brian Gumbel's here. I'll be Carson tomorrow. You know, <laughs> like it's got to well, feel like that I mean, sometimes. There, there is a, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of comics who have complained in recent years that yeah. they can't use, speaking of the old days as right. we were, they can't use the comedy clubs the way we used to Mm-mm. because there's always somebody in there waiting to catch you yeah. saying something off color that yes. you can then, that can tweet out and say, this person just said this right. in a comedy club. It's like, that's what comedy clubs yeah. are for. Yeah, to work that out. To or, work it out and yeah. and be outrageous and right. You know, I mean, I start my my concerts on the road by saying, I just want everybody to know this is not a safe space. Yes. <laughs> and I ask, Nor was it designed to be. And, and you know, when people say to me, "Bill, why do you still do this? You don't need it." Yeah, yeah I kind of do. I kind of need. I don't need the money, but I kind of need a place. That is completely okay. My step, the audience that pays to see me on mm-hmm. the road, they are willing to go anywhere. Right. That's not quite the case I have here with the. I love my studio audience at real time, but sure. they are a bunch a of different yeah. L.A. hipsters and snowflakes right. who who get offended at the drop <laughs> of a hat, and right. I wind up fighting with them half the time. Sure. And the the audience that actually because it's free. Right, <laughs> it's free. They don't have to work hard exactly. enough to be in your audience. But right? when they pay to see it, they're the real people. Well, it's funny because, and even with politically incorrect, you design. I felt your show was like a civil disagreement, you know, where you disagreed, but it was civil, you know, and but you were always like, hopefully. Well, I always felt you were respectful for people, but you were passionate and you would call them on their shit. Yes. Like oh, the, for that sure. always seemed to, but you yeah. always brought people on your show in those days. Like you, you weren't saying, well, I disagree with them. Therefore they are not on my show. Like the whole point of right. your show was to have that discussion, but it seems Still like now. Still do it. Ralph Reed was here Friday. Yeah, I saw that. But <laughs> it seems like now disagreement is verboten. Like we're so in Why our- is disagreement such a bad thing? Great point. Uh, People are so into their tribes, mm-hmm. and they so don't ever hear the other version. Yeah, that uh, we've broken down into this place. Right, I don't know how we're going to get out of it because yeah. you know, look, I, I, I'm guilty of 
calling people stupid often. (laughs) And then I hear from other folks, well, Bill, that doesn't help. You know, when you call the Trump people stupid and I'm, my answer is always, I agree it doesn't help, but if you think global warming is a Chinese hoax, you're stupid. So let's start with where the problem is. Right. They're stupid. (laughs) Secondary is me calling them stupid. I wish I didn't have to, but the answer to not being called stupid is then don't be stupid. Yes. Yes, that would be one way to do it. You know, if you don't accept anything that's real, if you are living in this place now where Mm -hmm. there are no real facts, where there are alternative facts or whatever facts you want to believe are facts that Mm -hmm. are not facts, I'm sorry, that is stupid and I can't go along with it and I'm going to call you out on it. And it's interesting to me because um, we've always had partisan divides in the country, but now it seems like it's more virulent than ever before. Because to me, it seems like both the right and the left feel this way. They'll feel, they feel that the other side is in the active destruction of the country. You know, the right feels the left is doing it culturally. Right. And the left feels the right is doing it in every that other way. so <laughs> exactly know? on the money. I have said this to yeah. more than one Republican this year. I have said, be honest. You think that the Russians are less of a threat to this country than the Democrats. That's the difference between now and then. That is what has changed more than anything else, and that is what is so scary. I don't think it's lost on them who Mm -hmm. the Russians are. I don't think they really think Putin's a great guy. They just think the existential threat to this country is from liberals. Yes. And even if you have to enlist the Russians, Mm -hmm. our enemy, our arch enemy for all those years who haven't changed that much... Right. Uh, in the cause of fighting the liberals, it's still worth it. That's but, and they also feel that it's liberalism as well as liberals, that liberalism itself is somehow a cancer that is the tool of liberals Absolutely. To, to bring about the destruction of the country. Yes. And yeah. and then there are there is that wing mm-hmm. of the liberals who I'm always screaming at, yeah. <clears throat> who I saw even Howard Dean. Oh, funny! I've screamed at him for being in that wing before, and but he's I see known he, for screaming, and yeah. he's <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he's known for yes. screaming. Ah! Uh, he came out the other day and said, "You know, there's a there's a part of the liberal contingent that mm-hmm. is just whiny, and they don't care about winning; they just want to be pure." Yeah, and that is part of our downfall, and and yeah. one of the reasons why Trump. Uh, succeeded is because liberal purists are one of his greatest allies, that there are gettable, gettable yeah. voters. And I mean gettable, mm-hmm. not not his, his hardcore, but gettable people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, these liberals have become such humorless, insufferable (laughs) social justice warriors or whatever they are. And just the thought of being on their side is, is actually worse than, than voting for Trump. How do you think the liberals got in, or I'll say the left, because I think it's, it's more than liberals. There's a leftist and what, however the left is made of, but there's a particular bubble that people talk about. Right. Sometimes where the elitist is thrown out. Right. Now, some of that is, I think, is oversaid, but some of it, I think, really is accurate. You know, why, how do you think something like that happened? I have some ideas. I think part of it is political and part of it is social. Well, I think it's very social and yeah. social media. Yeah. Um, look, this goes back to 1993 when I... Mm-hmm started a show called Politically Incorrect. That term was not out there then, I remember, because we had to fight to get the title. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's the left that but, was politically incorrect. Correct. Agreed. Right. Yes. I mean, mostly, that yes. That was politically correct, I should and say. Still, right. yes. Yeah. Uh, and I always, when people ask me, what, what does that mean? You know, because we had political correct. We had that term was sort of new. And I would just say, well, you know, the elevation of sensitivity over truth. Yeah. That to me is the definition of political correctness. Yes. Sensitivity That's is true. important. Yeah. It is not a more important than truth. Yeah. But, you know, a, an alarming number of millennials do not really believe in free speech anymore. Yeah. Because free speech, you could get your feelings hurt, Larry. <laughs> you could get your feelings Stop hurt. Stop Bill, you're attacking me. <laughs> isn't that scary? But yeah, and that seems to be a, a, a college movement too, which is surprising to me because the college movement when we were coming up was actually about free speech. It was there was more of a promotion of free speech because I, the establishment I, at that time was more on the right, right? You know, but now the establishment in college is on the left. So it's it's it, amazing to me that there's a shutting shutting down of speech. I, I mean, I've been on that case since the '90s, also, and yeah. I see a lot of people now are are joining up there, and because it's just become so outrageous. Uh-huh. Uh, Berkeley uh, asked me to be their commencement speaker a couple of years ago to mm-hmm. celebrate the 50th anniversary of the free speech movement at Berkeley. Right. And Ooh, the, the ironies. And the, <laughs> apparently they don't teach irony anymore, Larry, because then they disinvited me. That's fantastic. And then there was a protest against the disinviting, and I got reinvited, and I wound up doing the speech. But uh-huh. it, And they just got rid of Richard Dawkins. Uh, I think it was a radio station, but yeah. it was Berkeley he was supposed to speak at. What was and, their reasoning for getting rid of you? For not, or for disinviting oh, for, it? I mean, I'm sure it was led by the Muslims but uh-huh. uh, on campus, but it could, could be 20 things. I've, you know, I mean, uh-huh. anyone who speaks truth that might hurt the feelings of the snowflakes yeah. uh, is reason. I mean, Richard Dawkins, yes, he's an atheist, but he doesn't even really go after any religion that specifically, like Sam Harris People would. were upset that he was an atheist? What's this? The... the Students were upset that he was an atheist? Well, uh, first of all, you know, in Mm -hmm. this atmosphere we live in, any Mm -hmm. criticism of religion, uh, but especially of Islam, is bigotry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, criticism of a religion is not bigotry. Have we Mm -hmm. met? That's what I always (laughs) want to say to these people. I can't criticize a religion. And by the way, I went through this before with all the other religions. The Catholics 10 years ago wanted to have me thrown off the air because they said I was anti-Catholic. I was like, I'm not anti-Catholic. I'm anti-child fucking. And I'm going to... See, there you go. taking controversial stands. (laughs) I'm going to call out anybody (laughs) who's involved in child fucking. And uh, that's not the same thing as being a bigot. But but yeah, anyway, so... uh, the. People know this. Campuses are just out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll they'll like lose their shit over somebody wearing a Halloween costume. Yeah. Or uh, there was a story we covered last year. They were very upset at one campus because someone had just written like Trump for president, mm-hmm. like in chalk on yeah, the curb. Yeah, it was on the steps or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it wasn't a yeah. safe space. There was no trigger warning for that. Yes. I don't feel safe. Someone wrote Trump on the sidewalk. Are you fucking kidding? Who was raising these little monsters? That's the providence of it. That's that's yeah. where the problem begins, is when you see how, how parents raise their kids. Right. Hey, buddy, you ready to leave? Ready to leave. How about get in the fucking car, you know? Right. Everything is a negotiation and... and you know, I don't. I don't know what world they think they're preparing these kids for. Yeah. Do you blame? Uh, how much? Uh, I heard you talking once about uh, one of the issues on the left that 
some people feel, I don't know if you have this opinion, that identity politics or um, identity in politics, you could even say, was one of the things that hurt the Democratic Party. Was yeah, there. it still does. And mm-hmm. lots of people are mentioning that. Look, I'm glad that mm-hmm. the Democratic Party defends uh, all people who mm-hmm. need defending and who have been oppressed. Mm-hmm. But it can't look like that's all we do. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a neat trick that they pulled off in 2016. They made the majority <laughs> white Americans yeah. feel like a minority well, I was uh, or enough that. of them that they voted for this guy, Donald Trump. Cause they were like, well, nobody's, nobody's sticking up for us. Yeah. You know, I've heard that when, when Trump first got elected and his stupid Muslim ban was in effect and, right. and then like all the liberals came out to the airports member because there were refugees that were yes. being blocked at the airport. Right. And I heard Trump people saying, I kind of got what they were. They were like, gee whiz, you know, they never said a word about defending me for anything. Yeah. And the second somebody's in the country for 10 seconds, mm-hmm. <laughs> then they show up. Well, That's I, the image that the Democrats have to overcome. Yes. But part of that, you know, it's interesting to me from my perspective, I feel like, like the right really attacks identity politics unless that identity is a white working man. Oh, like, of course. Like, that's the no, one identity they're no cool one, with. No one's you know? saying they're right. Right. I, look, I, I, I mean, you know, sometimes people, if I... If I, if I uh, right. Now identity is okay. If, if I attack uh, the yes. liberals, it's because I want them to be better. Yes. It's not because I'm thinking of joining the other side. Right. Uh, if I say there's a liberal bubble, there is. It's not nearly as big as the conservative bubble. Sure. Um, you know, I like to keep things in perspective. I always mm-hmm. say size matters. Yeah. Uh, so, no, are we bad? And no, and we never will be. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like to win an election again. Yeah. Where do you think? <laughs> I, that would be cute. Well, that's interesting. To me, it feels like both parties are disintegrating in in different ways. You yeah. Know? I don't know where the Democratic Party is going. I don't know if they're going to the left or they're staying establishment. I don't know who's on deck. Like, usually you know who's on deck, you know? Who's the next person in line? Who is it? I don't think Bernie Sanders is going to run again, but he's not even a Democrat. Right. I mean... And the Republican Party, Trump is destroying his own party himself. They, the Republicans have, have, I mean, they are in power and they are, do hold a lot of seats of governorships. But that feels like a different Republican Party than what Trump represents. Uh, the question is, does it matter? And are they ever going to lose? Because mm-hmm. um, the Senate, for example, mm-hmm. now Hillary uh, and Obama killed it. Yeah. In New York and California. Right. Those two states, they won like by six million votes. Yeah. But we still only have four senators. Yeah. That's the problem, is that there are two Dakotas, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Why yes. the fuck do we need two Dakotas? Yeah. This is, this, you know, everybody talks about the genius of the founding fathers. Not really. Yeah. A lot of things they fucked up. Yes, it oh, was yeah. a hard thing they were trying to do. Well, they and, wore wigs. And they you know? wore, <laughs> wore wigs <laughs> and they did a lot of good stuff and <laughs> yes. they did a lot of stupid shit. Sure. And this thing with the Senate where California with 40 million people gets two senators yeah. and the states that are nothing but crows and, you know, right. skulls of cattle <laughs> and, and barns. We need more representation. <laughs> they get the same amount. Of that, that's yeah. crazy. Many of those states have one issue. And that's through, almost as bad as the gerrymandering thing. With, well, the gerrymandering with, with is the more house. insidious because that's something that's taken place But the Democrats time. do it, too. They do, too. The Republicans are better at it. They're better at everything. Yes. They're better at winning. 
They're, you're asking about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Democrats moving left or the center. To me, that's not Doesn't the matter. issue. It's mm-hmm. it's more about are they moving to learning how to win elections, how to be mm-hmm. tougher, how to stop stop just getting kicked around. They're mm-hmm. too nice, way too nice. Yeah, they they're, they're not. Do living. you think Hillary was too nice? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. She should have stopped that email shit. Yeah, a year before right. she should have went. You know what? I've answered this about five times already. I was nice, yeah. but this has got to stop. You people in the media, get a life, get a real story. This is bullshit. I should have used a different server, but many other people have done the same thing. You're making something out of nothing, and I fucking had it. And do what Bill O'Reilly said. I will never talk about this again. (laughs) I've always, I'm interested why Hillary could never be direct. I never thought she ever spoke directly. And that's the one thing that won it for Trump was like, I don't buy this authentic stuff because- you know, who the fuck is Trump? He's just a salesman. That's all he really is. A con man. Yeah. And a, yeah. he really is a con man. A great right? con man. That's and that's what he did in the skill. election. Yeah. But he, and he said the things that people wanted to hear and he wasn't afraid to say them. Right. And, and it was the fact that he was a bully uh, that was the thing that people actually liked about. It was funny. He and won do, by yeah. all his worst traits or the worst Correct. traits of the candidate, not by good ones or, or altruistic ones. Yeah. And that's why I don't put uh, too much faith in... Uh, these polls that come out now that reveal that people don't like Trump by these huge margins. They didn't like him when they voted for him by those huge margins. The Democrats, as you say, have to come up with the next guy. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of our Lieutenant governor, Gavin Newsom. He's on Mm -hmm. our show coming up in the next couple of weeks. Right. That to me looks like a star. Mm -hmm. First of all, he's really gutsy. Do you think star power is important? Everything. Mm hmm. You know who I think would have done better than Hillary? Judge Judy. <laughs> Is if, she a Democrat? Who cares? Yeah. Doesn't matter anymore. No, you're probably no right. No nonsense. Yeah. TV star. Yeah. I mean, Trump, we looked at Trump here our, in our elite, elitist sure. coastal castles, right. and we saw this clown. This yeah. fucking, you know, where are they now, 80s retread. I predicted he would win, uh, Me too. And I didn't like the fact that I okay. predicted that. And most... Yeah. Of America did not see that. They saw a businessman yeah. who was an authority figure that watched him on TV for 14 right. years saying, you're fired. <laughs> and that's where America is. Democrats have got to, you know, get out of that tower. Well, the fact that- Get down in the mud. That's where Americans are not, you know, they're not smart or good people. <laughs> the there, world. I've said it. Goodbye. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But you know what's interesting is that I here's when I knew he was going to win. And it is in that mud that I saw it too. In that first debate, when Megyn Kelly uh, asked him those questions, and and she's talking about disrespecting women is the, basically what she's talking oh, about. Oh, yes. And in his answer, he disrespects two women. <laughs> yeah, the person who's asking the question. <laughs> yes. And just from the grassy knoll, he throws out a bullet at Rosie O'Donnell. You know? Right. Just, just for fun. Audience couldn't get enough of that. Couldn't get enough Cheered of it. it and no. I said, oh, fuck. There's the next president. And yeah. I, the one I really thought he was going to win was at the the very last day or two mm-hmm. when they when he started running his ad. First of all, he was very smart. He didn't do what Hillary did, which is carpet bombs. So she yeah. was fighting the last war, yeah. and it's been proved. When you she had more money, she used mm-hmm. it. A lot of ads, better organization, mm-hmm. better organization. But when you 
show these ads over and over. And we've all been in TV markets. Like I've been in towns. Mm-hmm. They don't show them here in California. No, they don't. We hardly see any because it's because everybody it's knows decided, what's going to happen. Right. Exactly. But exactly. when you're on the road sometimes, right. you're, you in a, you're, you're in Ohio yeah. and you're there just for a day. Yes, it's crazy and hotel, sometimes, isn't it? And you it? hate yeah. the person. <laughs> yes. You don't even know who they are. It's some local. Right. It's like, I've seen this ad 20 times. Yeah. Okay, Trump didn't do that. He didn't make people sick of it. He he re- he played that one ad Yeah. like right before the election when they were listening right. and it had a real message, you know, uh, your jobs have been taken away from you. The people sure. on Wall Street don't care. And we've let into them. It wouldn't make whatever it was, whatever right. his con act was. But it was like real and people could where her thing was just like, no, here's a bunch of people who are ambiguously <laughs> racially mixed. Take and, it away, Simon. And, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm with her. And people were like, oh, no, I'm not. No. with anything but it's true messaging was so important i thought hillary suffered from the teddy kennedy uh thing in 1980 remember that famous interview oh, he was asked why he was running and he paused for like not like 10 minutes right. or whatever it was and i thought i'm with her is not an action line right it's, it's not it's like you're asking for you know it's like you're being stopped by the police i'm with her you know right. it's like what does that mean <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. Or yeah, it was terrible. happy together, whatever right, it was. Right, you know. strong. Happy yeah, together. I don't know. That's what a it turtle was. song, yes, Larry. Sorry. That's yeah, stronger together. Happy stronger together. together. But that's what it feels like, they though, should. right? Yeah. Whereas Trump says, "Make America great again." It's an action line. It's like this is what I'm right. going to do. It's easy to understand because most people aren't yep. politically savvy. You have to appeal to dinosaur brain that just watches it. Well, make America great again. Okay, boom, vote, vote, vote that guy. You know. That's why I say. Not smart, not good. <laughs> now, speaking of Trump, I believe that this president, there's a lot of jokes said about him and, you know, some people do support him even though they hate him. But jokes aside, you know, I honestly do believe he's an existential threat to the peace and security of the free world. Well, especially today when he yes. said that thing to North Korea. Yeah. Um it was funny. The first thing I thought, I saw this picture of right. him and Kim Jong-un, yeah. and I thought, fat man and little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, yes. That is it's how the, the, the nuclear age began, yes, that's and so that's true. how it's going that's to end. That's hilarious. Oh, right? God, now I'm really scared. And, I mean... But look, I'm the, more frightened by his tweeting uh, being a provocation of World War Three. In fact, he has his own tweet today that was from 2013 where he says i'm i'm afraid this uh this horrible administration is right. going to lead us into world war 3 thank you past trump for commenting <laughs> to present trump uh and yet it's also the case that we haven't solved that problem mm-hmm. in how many administrations this go back goes back to, to Bill Clinton right. and then George Bush didn't fix right. it and then Obama didn't fix it and we could see it slowly getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, you know, it's how do like, you handle a problem like Maria? Pretty much right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I don't know what that means. But it seems so now here we are, and uh, look, I, I don't think he did the right thing today. But who knows at this point? Right. You know, I don't know what's going to get this guy to back down. And uh, but I do also worry that Trump, who who lusts to be a dictator Mm -hmm. and sees his power. Oh, totally. Of course. I asked on overtime. I saw I got a lot of pickup this week in the press. I asked on overtime. I said, 
uh, to Ralph Reed, you know, you believe Putin has ordered people killed. He said, of course. I said, uh -huh. do you think Trump would do that? You know, and he said, no. But I was like, I do. I think in two seconds, yes. Trump would order someone killed if right. he could. He Look at all the people he admires. Putin, yeah. Kim Jong-un, he said, is a smart cookie. He said he would be honored to, to honored. sit with him. Yeah. Honored. Yeah. Uh, the guy in Egypt, the maniac in the Philippines who's yeah. killing all the drug users. Uh, right. the, the, the Turkish guy. These are who. Yeah, these are the everyone, people he yeah. likes. Whereas he, the Democratic leaders, Merkel, oh, please, yeah. the little Dutch boy, oh. get away from me. Yeah, care. Wiener Schnitzel. So, mm. uh, what you know, and when a dictator is losing his grip, what's the best way to get the people to rally around you? War. Yeah, I still worry that Trump knows he has the war card to play, right? And will play it. Mm -hmm. And looks like Kim is maybe giving him that opportunity. I. I Do you think know. we're headed that way? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just glad Dennis Rodman lives here in California <laughs> because I think that would deter him yes. from firing the missile. Thank God he's on the West Coast. Killing his one friend. He has one right. friend, Dennis Rodman. One person who loves him for himself. I think he actually thought Dennis Rodman was a Harlem Globetrotter. <laughs> and that's why he liked him. Yeah, maybe. Um uh, now and it's with these kind of dire situations, you know, I get asked this question too. And I've seen you do this type of thing also where some nights it looks like it's hard to even make a joke where you're just exhausted you know is that fair is that fair where and what i mean by exhausted where it's like there's really not a lot of comedy to be made here i could all i can do is be the person to try to deconstruct some of this yeah does it feel like that sometimes? i mean i it well it feels literally frightening i've never mm -hmm. been in a situation like this with the president i never liked any of the republicans sure. uh, but i never for one second thought that reagan if, was funny though reagan was funny bush yeah. was hysterical yeah that's uh, true. funny fine but i never for a second mm -hmm. worried that george bush mm -hmm. would put me in guantanamo bay right. or try to shut down the press mm -hmm. you know i know he didn't like me <laughs> and but he he's a old school guy you know yeah. that just didn't cross his mind that you this is that's not this cat yeah. i don't know what trump i have no idea what he's capable of mm -hmm. and what i worry about is okay we've got russia that investigation that's our big bullet in the gun right uh at some point we're gonna fire it you know the mm -hmm. Mueller investigation is well you know if you don't kill the king then he gets stronger. Yeah. What if, you know, and the Russia investigation could wind up with nothing. Yeah. And I'm not even sure that the Democrats win the 2018 elections. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Republican establishment, and I use the term loosely, now a few of them have been shaken loose a little lately mm -hmm. from the Trump grip, but still not that much. Mm -mm. And even the ones, you know, Lisa Murkowski and Olympia Snow, they're the they're the good ones, right? Yeah, they voted with Trump like 90% of the time. Right. You yeah. know, uh, Jeff Flake has a book out now about the conscience of a conservative and how bad Donald Trump it votes with him every time. Yeah. Voted for the health care repeal. And they're more speaking. John McCain, the maverick, <laughs> yes. has voted with Trump like 90% of the yes, time. So, exactly. you know, put up or shut up, guys. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, most of the time it's just the, the districts that they're they're talking to for those little reasons why they go against them. Like Bernie Sanders, like he'll never he has that uh, cognitive dissonance with guns. 
because of where he's from. Vermont. So yes. Bernie doesn't talk about it too much because that's who he represents. There's not you know? a politician in the in the Congress who you can find who doesn't have one of those things. Yeah. One place uh, where they have to. Well, I'm all I'm all for fluorocarbons because right. my, there's somebody in my district who makes air conditioners or whatever. It, you know, <laughs> and you know, right. uh, we need the Seawolf submarine. Uh, right. No, I'm from Connecticut where they make it. Another to do it. <laughs> yes, they they got to get it reelected. Yeah. Let me ask you this because some of these issues have come up with a lot of comedians recently, and it's this whole. Um, feeling that they have to apologize for what they say, you know, <laughs> do you, I mean, it's happened a lot. Like I, I would say in the last 10 years, maybe, maybe, but five, it's happened. The last five years, it's happened a lot. Now many comedians have talked about going to college campuses. You mentioned that too, where a speech, where a comedian's speech is treated differently than someone else's speech. I think comedians are different. I think the whole point of what we do is to cross the line. Right. You know, do you think comedians should apologize for things? I mean, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with an apology mm-hmm. in in and of itself. In fact, it's the sign of a big person sure. who can do that. Um, you know, after the horrible bloodletting in Rwanda, mm-hmm. uh, when that uh, nightmare war ended, they set up apology courts. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the power of an apology, people who had seen their families hacked apart... Yeah by the other tribe, mm-hmm. uh, left court, well, they apologized. Yeah. And let's move into the future. Right. Uh, so, you know, there we shouldn't, uh, and, and I've criticized Republicans in the past yeah. for their no apology. Mitt Romney ran on that book, no apologies. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. We, we, uh, what about something in the future? Sure. No. We don't even know what we didn't do, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys are missing the face that he's you know, making right now. <laughs> so, right. so, you know, there's no absolutes, but definitely America po- apologizes too much and people cringe and they, and they, you know, uh-huh. you can own a mistake uh, like a man uh, or a, like a, oh, wow, let me apologize for that right, right. there. A man yeah. in, in the sense of both sexes, you know, sure. the sense of the, right. you, you know. When I man, say man, I think of both yeah, sexes. Man, yeah, man and womankind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, but you know, don't grovel if it's if it's right. if it was merited, and then move on. But even what we if, have to end yeah. is this 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 again. Uh, I think it comes mostly from that part of the left that is so deleterious to what we're trying to accomplish in this mm-hmm. country that just lives to catch people. Mm-hmm. At fat shaming or something, you know, <laughs> something shaming. wrong that somebody did, and uh-huh. then to make them go away. Mm-hmm. We want to make people go away. Right. Uh, that's that's got to end. I actually, I feel that comes from from both sides. You know, I mean, like yeah. so, someone like Colin Kaepernick. Oh, there's snowflakes on the right. Gets, gets Absolutely, much, just as much attack just for sitting during the national anthem. That's not even words. You know, over police brutality, for Christ's sakes. Right. You know, and he's treated like yeah. he killed somebody. Exactly. You know? And that's certainly not coming from the left, you know. But, uh, right. I'd have so much more sympathy for him if he wasn't such an idiot about <laughs> saying that uh, Trump and Hillary were both yeah. race, racists and there was no choice to be had. Sure. That That is the kind of, I'm sorry, ignorance yeah. that put us partly to blame. Anyway, to put us in the situation we're in. Uh, Hillary right. was not my first choice either, not my favorite, but grow up, everybody. Uh, when I was 
uh, taking the SAT mm -hmm. test. I remember. Do they still give the SAT test? Is that still Probably. a thing? Okay. Some version of it, yeah. And the, the the big thing they were mm -hmm. trying to impress on us was there was a section called choose the best answer. And I remember them saying, there's no perfect answer. Mm -hmm. They were trying to teach us that lesson. Right. There's only a best answer, but no perfect one. Yeah. A lesson I think they have stopped teaching. Don't throw out the Hillary perfect Hillary was the good. definitely yeah. right. Obama used to say it all the time. Sure. Was definitely not the perfect candidate by far. But, the, you know, would she have appointed Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court? Would yeah. she be about to blow up the world now? Right. Would, would she have tried to repeal Obamacare? I mean, would she be rolling back all the, the civil rights advances like Jeff Sessions is doing at the mm. Justice Department? <laughs> no, she right. wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't have such a down opinion of Hillary. I no, I don't was, either. Yeah, I've, I didn't understand a lot of the the looking down on her, like she was a good kind of corrupt to me. That's that classic political corruptness, you know, where you're some, yes, you, but you, you know, I'm being you facetious, exactly. but you know what you I mean. You can't be it's, into that position of yes. power to have right. some of it not it's baked into the political corruptness. That's but, but also <laughs> you have to look at why was she in the game? Yeah. Not for corrupt reasons. Right. I don't think. Yeah. You know, it's like what he said about her when he gave the speech at the convention. Put her into any situation and she makes it better. I yeah. think that's who she is. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a situation I can help make, you know, right. these people's lives better. They need help. That, that I mean, yeah. that's classic Democratic stuff. I don't think they're in it for the money. Everybody likes money. They want to sure. live comfortably. They deserve to live comfortably. But, I mean, com to compare them to the Trump crime family, yeah. it's preposterous. <laughs> also, it's like... One of the smartest women out there who could be president, and instead right. we have one of the dumbest guys. The, it's like, sorry, not, not even one of the smartest and women. Not, and have, not just one right. of the dumbest. We've right. had dumb presidents. Sure, I absolutely. mean, Bush was Completely. a dim bulb, and, yeah. and fucking Reagan didn't, I mean, the last year... Yeah. I thought the coat rack was Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> well, you know? I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> Barbara Stanwyck. Oh, my God. Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> See? See how I did that? We yeah, very one. good. Yeah. Um, but, oh, uh, but we got a guy now yeah. who not only uh, is super dumb, but thinks he's the smartest person ever. It's it's insane. That 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 is the yes. combination. That's why he keeps whenever yeah. he doesn't know something, no one has ever known it, and yes. it's being discovered for the first time. <laughs> right? No one knew healthcare. Yes. Was, was, uh, well, healthcare. Yeah, have you heard of this yeah, thing? Yeah, this no, is it fantastic. was complicated. Uh, I don't think most people remember when he said uh, most people don't know uh, Lincoln was a Republican. No, they yeah, knew. No, yeah, most people know, know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah people most who people read went know to that. grade yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like how Trump. He's always like reading his speech for the first time when he reads, because he agrees with the speech as he's reading it. So true. Yeah, he you goes, so true. And we have to do blah, blah, blah. So I true. agree with that. So true. Whoever yeah. wrote this is fantastic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Were you surprised, were you surprised by the in-work controversy that happened on the show? Were you surprised by how, how virulent the reaction was? Well. And I'm, I'm saying that from a comic's point of view, being a comedian- because, you know, I know who you are. I, you're telling jokes. You know, you're not thinking of it in a political yeah, way. Yeah, I'm not going to take the bait on this, Larry. Here's how I'll just say this. It, it was mm. one week from start to finish. Yeah. It was definitely all, I have my own all over for though. one. It was a, a yeah. Yeah, big controversy for one week. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then it's 
was not uh, not in the news at all. Yes, yes. So you can make of your own what that means. Right. And as far as the rest of it, I think it was litigated. And I am going to, I think there are many interesting things to say about it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to save them for my memoir. I would love that. You yeah. know, I, I've passed the age of 60. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. a time when a man thinks about uh, writing his memoir. Yes. And um, I, I think I'm just going to say nuance is yeah. a dish best supped cold sometimes. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> and so we're going to sup this one cold yes. uh, after uh, time. I would just say as an observer that I do think comedians are in a different lane. I just really do. You know, um, I appreciate your defense from a comic's point of view. I feel like that is the best defense of speech. That's why I asked the question earlier. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do feel like our job is to use language differently than a politician would, you know, or than a school teacher would, or than your neighbor would, because our, that's kind of our job, you know, is to provoke and to make you uncomfortable and to think about things in a different way. What do you know? think of Kathy Griffin holding the Trump head? Well, that's not, for me, that's not her thing. Right. You know, she was out of her lane. You know, she did, that's not her brand of humor. She has catty kind of gossipy humor. So it <laughs> yeah. seemed like, why is Kathy Griffin holding a, you know, and that type of imagery, you better be able to back that shit up if you're going to do that. Like, that's got to be your game. No, like, it was, it was like not if you're a... Matt, if you're Maplethorpe and you have a piss crucifix, right. that's his game, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're like, oh, Maplethorpe, well, what are you going to do? He right. pisses on everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bull whoop up yeah, the ass. I mean, get the flag. He'll piss on <laughs> it. Try to Keep avoid one. Yes. Uh, yeah. So no, that's true. Was- and of course, you know, uh, she wandered into an area. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, one of the few things I think that we can be bipartisan about, which is, yes, you can't joke about about. Uh, no, uh, completely hurt, not. hurting yeah. the president. I no, mean, no, even if you hate that. the president, yes. he's not going to be president forever. Right. And that has to be beyond. But I don't think she even planned that. I'm, I bet you what happened was, because I've been in this situation, you're doing a show, to, a photo shoot. Yeah. And the photographers are always looking for some, <laughs> yes. some interesting arresting image. Right. And it almost got her arrested. I know. And so they were like, wouldn't it be funny if you were holding yeah. Trump's head? And she didn't. Oh, yeah, okay. She I just don't think right. it ever crossed her mind, and yeah. it should have. And it, but this idea that you know she's a threat to the republic—that's no, ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. I, I, was, mean, I was dragged by Fox News a couple of months ago. They found something I did the year before, tried to make it seem like I was making fun of the kid who died in North Korea. You know, where I was commenting on when he was caught. You know, we were doing jokes about this situation, <sighs> but dragged as if that was I that's was. What doing. I mean, they—they they, yeah. there's just too many people who live to catch other people. This is yeah. how they make themselves feel like good people. Yeah. Oh, I caught this person. I caught <laughs> right. Larry Wilmore yeah. back in history saying something wrong. And I'm like, I have worship right now. Believe me, you don't have to catch that. Exactly. <laughs> I can say some horrible I, stuff right now. I'm capable of. No. Um, Somebody well, was telling me something which I think is hopeful, which is uh, recently that the, the generation coming up behind the millennials... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a backlash. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be that politically correct mm-hmm. because generations usually do go in the opposite direction. They do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also that they are there is a backlash against social media because that oh, shit is not benign. Yeah, that shit is not benign. It yeah. is addictive. It's it it people just don't yeah. exist without looking at a screen. Right, they're in bars looking at their. 
at their phone when they should be trying to get laid. Could you imagine? In person. Yes. Could you imagine, Bill, <laughs> when you were, you know, let's go back to the early 80s, and you have Polaroids you had with you all the time, and you're showing people all your pictures. I thought hey, of that. like this, like right. this. Do you like this? <laughs> Come on, like this. Love this. Love yeah. this. What the fuck is wrong with you? What right. kind of narcissist exactly. are you? You know, taking pictures of food. If you had to do that with a camera, an actual camera. If, if somebody had said to me 20 right. years ago, hey, I have a way you can stay in touch with everyone who you purposely have cut out of your yes, life. Yes, right, All the right. high school people who you have moved on from. On purpose. Yeah. They can know everything you do. Great. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. These millennials that, you know, Facebook is evil. And, but it, but it is, you know, right. the, the, the guy, we did a whole thing on it based yeah. on the 60 minutes report where they were, the guy was blowing the, the cover on the fact that they, they're making it purposely addictive, uh, yeah. just like the food companies did with cigarettes. the sugar and the fat and the salt and yeah. the cigarette companies did with nicotine. Yeah. The cigarette was just a delivery system for the nicotine. When billions and, of dollars are at stake, it's not an accident. Exactly. Yeah. And, That's all you need to know when right. billions of dollars. One last thing, Bill, thanks so yes. much for oh, being yeah, here. Oh, yeah, pleasure. Let always. me just ask you this hypothetical. If you could get rid of Trump, okay, if someone said, Bill, you could get rid of Trump today, okay, this is all you have to do. You have to become a Christian and proselytize the gospel. That's all you have to do. I've said this before. I said, you know, I... I uh, learned perspective from Donald Trump. Really? I didn't like any of these other Republicans, but mm -hmm. the thought that I was so scared that Mitt Romney yeah. was going to be president, that I gave Obama a million dollars, I would gladly give Mitt Romney a million dollars and I'd become a Mormon. If there he would go. just take over the country, I will wear the magic underwear. I will baptize nice. dead people. I, I will that. give up caffeine. I will go wow. to Planet Colob. You I could will have a lot of lives, whatever. actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good things in here, too. Uh, well, thanks yeah. so much. Well, yeah. Thanks for taking always the time a out pleasure, today. Larry. In the hot, it's always uh, great to California see you. Day. Bill Maher, and by the way, I, he doesn't like hearing this stuff, but when my show went down, Bill's one of the nicest guys who reached out to me and said, hey, man. Don't let those motherfuckers keep you down. Yeah, you know? It was unjust. Yeah. You did a great show. Nice. And, and mm -hmm. the, this is like why you did a great show. You're great at this. And, you know, you don't even need uh, notes like so bah. many people. You don't need a piece <laughs> in you. So many people you, you see on TV and you're like, if they took that earpiece out, <laughs> I know, then they true. would just be like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> they, would no <laughs> they would start crying. You know, you're a very erudite guy. Thank you, Bill. Bill okay. Maher, everybody. Thanks again. Black on the air.